Welcome back to the Coast to Coast Dynasty episode 7. I am Ruben Almada at Superflex DGen, and tonight I am solo with a guest. And our guest tonight is Kane Fassell at Debbie underscore Kane. Welcome, Nate. Kane. Hey, thanks for having me. It's always nice to uh, be on a podcast where I don't have to hear Shane talk about Ohio State anymore. Oh, that's great. I don't want to hear about them either. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you can make it today, um, and we can we'll go over kind of what's what's new for uh, around, and then uh, do some strategy talk and little talk, little uh, trade talk, and uh, do the coast to coast roast at the end. But uh, we were talking a little bit before. I, I've done I'm doing a couple of sleeper startups, and you were talking about how you're not the huge fan of sleeper, but kind of looking at it is a little diversification for myself and try some uh, try some different strategies than i'm used to doing um i uh i did one where i actually traded back instead of trading up into this first round for a second qb and i absolutely hate what is looking like right now so i'm never doing that again um i was hoping that like watson and trey lance and or like those guys would fall into the second round no nine quarterbacks went in the first round and every other one that I had done, it was like four or five quarterbacks going. So I was like, okay, of course this happens, yeah. but we'll see. So you have just, you were just on vacation, correct? Well, it wasn't a vacation. It was a work trip where oh. I went to North Dakota for five days. Oh, that, yeah, that's not a vacation in North Dakota. No. So I'm still trying to recover from, <laughs> from that. And then I got back to town, played softball, slid in shorts and tore up my leg. Ooh. Fun stuff. And yeah, so it's been it's a nightmare over here, but uh, but happy to be here. <laughs> uh, so everybody is. Look, I wanted to bring you on to talk about the twenty four class because everybody is making the twenty three class. They're all Hall of Famers already. I don't think yeah. they even have to play. They're probably just going to go straight to Canton after the draft. Makes sense. So, uh, what's the twenty four class look like? Is that a class that we should already be looking at getting first, or is that a class that's going to be deep that we want to have more? first and second round picks what are we what can we i know it's early but is it more like the 21 class or the 22 class what do we kind of think there uh, so i think overall it's probably a little bit better than the 22 class right okay. this last class that we had that was just a, a pretty rough class right. it was deep right and, and the depth makes sense because it was the largest nfl draft ever because of the amount of people that were able to come back to college and they had that extra COVID year and that makes a ton of sense right but right. the one thing that we've kind of seen because some of these players were able to be there for an extra year is these 24 guys that are just coming off of a freshman season didn't play that much right and for a variety of different reasons right it could have been well some some guys were coming back so you know they were ahead of them on the depth chart. That could be one thing, right? The second thing could be, well, we have a lot of older guys returning. Let's just go with kind of an older running back or an older wide receiver, right? That that we know is going to be able to make plays, right? That could be the second thing. And the third thing is we just forget how difficult it is for freshmen just to get on the field in college football, right? When, when we see a bunch of people do it right in this 23 class, we're like, oh, look at all these guys. This is what freshmen are supposed to be. But realistically, that's not what happens. Right. If you get a if you get four or five that do well their freshman year, right? You're like, cool, we have like the start of a solid class, right? So this is a big year for a lot of these players. Um, you know, we can dive into the specific positions, but I'm I'm totally fine getting first round picks. Um, especially when we need to look at how good this twenty three class is and assume that some people are going to stay in school. 
Right. Not everybody's going to come out. They, 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 you know, there's going to be some of those guys. They'd be smart to stay back, and and up their stock for next for 2024. Yeah, and we're we're going to see that, right? Like Nelly and I were talking on one podcast the other day that if Anthony Richardson doesn't absolutely smash this year, there's probably a solid choice that that he goes back to school, right? So like that's the first thing that we have to be aware of right even if players that we think are going to be really really good uh can go back to school right josh downs who is probably wide receiver five in this 23 class people are going to jump over him because of his size right right so there's a chance that he just continues to stay at unc maybe for an extra year get a couple more nil dollars and then goes into the nfl draft in 24 right so that's the first thing that we need to be aware of second like the fact that we already have two solid options granted one hasn't played at quarterback in right. Quinn Ewers at Texas but we've seen Caleb Williams play right and that's really really important mm-hmm. right if you look at this past year Bryce Young didn't play mm-hmm. right when he was a freshman uh, yep. CJ Stroud didn't play when he was a freshman right so there's there's barring you know injuries and COVID and things like that DJU wouldn't have played mm-hmm. his freshman year right so yeah all of these things that that we kind of take for granted, right? Because we've just seen so many good freshmen just play right away. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of need to just be cognizant of that because that's not the norm. Yeah. And it's not really ever going to be with these additional NIL and transfer rules. Right. And that's, that's a, that's a great, I think you guys were talking on the last, on your guys' last pod about that, the NIL and all these transfers is like, why, you know, if you're a, second round guy or third round guy and you can stick around or transfer somewhere and go make a million dollars for for that year to be the stud somewhere why not because you're gonna you know that's more than what you make in the nfl your first year yeah so and you increase your stock you maybe increase your stock and you go from a third round pick to a, a late first round pick and then you've just really increased your your portfolio of money right from a standpoint and and, and earning power but yeah uh that's kind of thing is like right now it's almost nearly impossible to trade for a 23 first uh you've got to give up you know a top 20 24 asset to get at least one um you know i know scott connor talks about in this middle of the season what can we get with those 23 firsts for to win to win step so that'll be interesting when we get to that too so you know, I, I've been thinking, do we start pivoting more to like when we're s- selling to try to get the 24s and get ahead of the game? I try to be ahead of the game a little bit on that kind of stuff. Just always gra- grabbing one or two extras ahead before everybody else is. That makes it a little bit easier. You don't have to try to be- try to uh, buy them when they're at their highest point. But what what position between the quarterbacks and the running backs is probably the strongest for the 24 class? We know that every year we're going to have wide receivers. Just because the way the game is played now, it's wide receiver heavy. But for us, in a fan, from a fantasy standpoint, it's how many quarterbacks and how many running backs do we get that are going to be make it for the first round of the draft pick. Yeah. So right now, right, and we're gonna we're gonna use this assumption that every player that's twenty three eligible goes into the draft. Right. Right. We we have to yes. we have to start there. Yeah. Um, so just wanted to say that. But right now, at the quarterback position, there are two pretty solid players right Quinn Ewers uh he obviously transferred from Ohio State when he classified he reclassified uh, so went to college early got the NIL deal at Ohio State and then transferred to Texas he got smart uh, and figured out Ohio State wasn't that great 
Uh, well, it wouldn't <laughs> have been the best option for him, right? Yeah. He would have yeah, used he was, the same mm, year as C.J. Stroud. Yeah, so yeah. it would have done nothing. Mm, yeah, yeah, no. Um, so ton of sense to transferring to Texas. That's actually where he was committed yeah. previously and then went to Ohio State and then ended up going back to Texas. Mm-hmm. But um, So we have him. And worth a reminder that he was a 100% recruit, right? So he mm-hmm. had the top score in composite. Every mm-hmm. site combined, he had the top score. Um, so he's, he's a really, really good player. Yeah. Can make every play on the field. And the other guy is Caleb Williams, who transferred with Lincoln Riley out to USC. Those are the top quarterbacks right now mm-hmm. um there haven't really been many additional quarterbacks to really make that jump now there definitely could be this year right when guys like jackson dart at ole miss can definitely see that happening mm-hmm. um but that's got to happen first before we can kind of you know spend right. solid debbie picks on them and that kind of goes back to the comment that you, you talked about like we didn't see a lot of freshmen freshmen play this past season because of those guys that stayed behind yeah. and such so and then they're still there and there's still a lot of young guys there playing you know with bryce and, and stroud and in other places too but um i think that um like caleb williams with lincoln riley out out west i think they're absolutely gonna just smash i mean they are they they're set up to smash i mean there's nobody else that's gonna you know, you might have Utah that put up a fight against them, and Oregon will put up a fight against them. But other than that, and the Pac-12, the soon to be the Pac-4, there, there's, there's nothing there really. Well, West. And then you add, you had the Blitnikoff winner in Jordan Addison out there. You have Mario Williams who transfers with him. Like, th- th- this team is set up to absolute smash. Yeah. Right. Um, and but behind those two guys, and and Jackson Dart is definitely a question mark who did okay in some spot starts for sc there's a there everyone has a has a question mark mainly because they haven't really played right right and those can be guys like tyler buckner at notre dame jalen milrow at alabama who should be the starting quarterback after bryce young um sam heward at washington seth hennigan memphis like he's obviously played but he hasn't been the absolute best jj mccarthy at michigan drake may north carolina uh kyle mccord ty thompson brock vandegrift right? all these guys that just didn't play so what are we supposed to do with them in a Debbie league? Well, I'm not going to continue to roster them no. if they don't have a clear path to success. And if there's chances, there's already a chance where there's talks that Drake may might not even be the starter for UNC. It's like, well, then that was a wasted pick. Right. So, yeah. And then we, for that, that class also has what is presumed to be another stud running back in Travion Henderson at, at Ohio state too. So, I mean, that, that, that Ohio state, Big three, you know, with uh, Stroud and uh, Jackson, Jack and Smith and Jigba and and Henderson is pretty strong, and then they they still have Harrison there too, so they they should have put on a pretty good show and give Her- uh, Henderson even more pool for his for the next year too. So is there behind him and the running back landscape? Is there some guys that we should be keeping an eye out for? Yeah, there's some good ones in twenty four. Um, one you already saw at Wisconsin, even though Wisconsin didn't wasn't able to beat Minnesota with Braylon Allen. Um, I always have to bring that in up there. Um, anytime we can talk about a Minnesota win, we have to. Yeah. Uh, Braylon Allen just turned eighteen. Oh jeez! Right, so he played he played his entire freshman season at seventeen years old. Wow! Uh, and ran for seven straight hundred yard games in the Big Ten, which means something. Yes. Um, and he's absolutely huge, right? He's 6'2", 215, and that was him as a 17-year-old, right? And he's he was 
you just I just saw a video of him power cleaning 425. He already squats like Nick Chubb. Like he's squatting over 600 pounds. Like this guy's an absolute animal. Can he pass Henderson? Uh, I don't think so because Trevian Henderson can catch really well too, right? That's that's the other part of the coin. Um, Braylon Allen, much more of a power back, which definitely fits the Wisconsin system, right? Right. Yeah. And sure, he can. He might be able to catch a little bit, but just like Jonathan Taylor, uh, they don't ask guys to do that, right? They don't ask the main running back to do that as much. So, yeah. uh, we hope to see it now that Garrett Groshek is is officially gone at at Wisconsin. So hopefully that should be better, and we're going to see you know additional um, pass catchers with Ches Malusi hopefully not playing over Braylon Allen at all. Um, so all of those things should lead to Braylon Allen catching a few more passes, but like, it's like tank Bigsby, right? We saw one game where he caught like six passes and then he had like six, the next like four games combined. (laughs) Right. So it's just the way that it is. Uh, And behind Braylon Allen, we have another big 10 guy. So my top three running backs are all big 10 guys, Trevian Henderson, Braylon Allen, and then Donovan Edwards at Michigan. Now this this feels a lot like the top of of the 2021 mm-hmm. or the 2020 running back class yeah right where we had the really really good running but we had the jonathan taylors right which that's braylon allen that that is what he is donovan, donovan edwards reminds me a lot of swift okay incredible pass catcher out of the backfield but small right he's coming in at five nine one or excuse me five eleven one ninety so not like the biggest guy, but in space, he might be, he could be just about as dynamic as Trevian Henderson, right? But Trevian Henderson just has the ability to work in between the tackles a whole lot better than Donovan Edwards does, right? Um, so those are my top three running backs. And there's even some other guys that you got to get excited about that have already played, right? That's, That's the big thing, right? Like, yeah. They've already perfe- played and performed. So you have like Will Shipley at Clemson, yep. even though Clemson was bad. Will Shipley was the best player on that offense. But they were bad term, considering the terms that they were used to him. But they still – didn't they still win 10 games? Or was uh, it nine? I think 10 I or think 9 games. Nine? Yeah, so they still – yeah, I was listening to somebody talk about it. It was like, yeah, Clemson was bad. I was like, yeah, they were bad for what they've been doing for the last four or five years. But they still like like 9 games, 10 games. Kind of, right. You know. It's – yeah. But, yeah, they were they – were, but you got them and, you got, and then Sean Tucker, right? He's he's for the – or he's the 23 class, right? He's in the 23 class, Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so then behind uh, Will Shipley at Clemson, I really like Jarquez Hunter. Now, you're not going to find a lot of Jarquez Hunter love. And the reason for that is because if you love Tank Bigsby, you dislike Jarquez Hunter just a little bit, right? <laughs> because he, he's taking some of, that, some of that Tank Bigsby work, right? right? It's like, why aren't we seeing Tank Bigsby get 25, 30 carries like he was doing under one of the worst coaches in Gus Malzahn? Well, that's because they got, you know, they got a new coach and he's like, well, maybe we shouldn't just give this guy the ball Everything. over and over and over and over and over again. Right. And Jarquez Hunter, as a true fr- freshman, put up like four or five hundred rushing yards, can catch out of the backfield like a really, really good player. And he's coming in at over 200 pounds. So it's already hitting that threshold. Yeah. So he's 5'10", 202 is what he was playing at last year, or at least what we've been told. That's what he's listed at. Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes the list weights and height fly <laughs> a little bit. Yep. Um, but already him being listed at that and being able to take some of the work away from Tank Bigsby mm-hmm. shows us that he's a really, really talented football player. That's yeah. someone that we have to have in our list, right? Uh, behind him, there's two other guys that I think are really, really NFL worthy that both played. 
the first being Raheem Sanders at Arkansas. Okay. He is also known as Rocket, just a fast bowling ball type player, 6'2", 210. Mm. Um, just put up some crazy stats last year. And the last guy is Montrell Johnson. Okay. Now, if you aren't a diehard college football player or, you know, CFF guy or C2C guy, you probably don't know who Montrell Johnson I, is. I, that would be me. I don't know who that is. Yeah, so um, Florida fired their coach. Yeah. And then hired a new coach. And it might have been the head coach of Montreal Johnson at the ah. University of Louisiana Lafayette. So Montreal Johnson coming in a little bit undersized, mm-hmm. right? So last year he was playing at about 5'10, 185. So the hope, right, that is that he can, we can at least get him to that 195, 200 mark in a couple of years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he was really, really good. Um, he easily took, took over that backfield. Um, so it wasn't a surprise. A few, it took him a few games to fully take over that backfield as a freshman. Um, but in those last few games, so for the season, he ended up playing technically in all 14, but um, ended up with 162 ru- attempts for 838 yards and 12 touchdowns as that's, a freshman. That's which is good. Which is over five yards a carry. Yeah, that's going to um, say that should be right around there. Yeah, and he doesn't catch passes a lot because the system didn't really want him to they didn't catch ask him passes to. a lot, right? Elijah Mitchell didn't catch a ton of passes. It's the exact same system that Elijah Mitchell was working in in Louisiana Lafayette. Same system that Trey Rogas was working in that is an NFL running back, right? The same system is going to Florida, and then he, got, he brought his running back with him. So he's going to end up being the main running back at Florida. And so now we have a guy that is a bigger – He's going to become a bigger name at a bigger school. We're going to see him a lot more. Um, so that's definitely someone we have to bring up. That's yeah. So that's five, five, six guys. You said right, right roughly around there, right? Sarah? Seven, seven. So yep. seven guys there. So that's that's you know pretty nice little group of guys there that you know put it in with the, the uh, quarterbacks and then and then the wide receivers that we for sure will have because like again we're we're always going to have four or five guys that probably go in the first round of the NFL draft if if not more. Uh, so you're looking at a pretty deep class potentially if all those guys do yeah, come and, out in 24 and, and nobody in the 23 class too. So right, and it's worth mentioning that like you can't feel super confident with the 24 receivers right now, just yeah. because you know that same thing where wide receivers were able to stay a little bit longer, and we're we're seeing now from the NFL that. Though in fantasy football, we understand the breakout age and things like that, and them going to the NFL um, is is better for fantasy football when they get there early, right? But yes. the NFL has kind of shown us that like they don't actually care yeah. in their drafting on if someone stays in college for four years or not or is an underclassman or, or isn't, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that kind of prevents players from breaking out just a little bit earlier in, in the uh, – in college football, but we have what I would call 2.25 wide receivers that have broken out so far that okay. I really, really like. The first being Xavier Worthy at Texas. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to talk about Xavier Worthy, you have to bring up the size concern. We've never seen a guy 6'1", 160. We also never saw, you know, Devontae Smith, you know, right. that and, size. And so, and so the best the best correlation we have is to Devonta Smith, and we talked about this on, on the podcast uh, that just came out today as well, that, you know, that's the best correlation we have there's no wide receivers that are coming out at 160 yeah you know so it's just a hard correlation there the second guy is mario williams who was at oklahoma transfers to usc uh with lincoln riley with caleb williams really excited about him now don't expect an incredible smash year he's gonna 
be good. He's probably going to have seven, 800 receiving yards. But with Jordan Addison there, Jordan Addison's going to be the main guy, right? They, right. they basically paid him to come there and yes. catch passes. Now, the point two five is Marvin Harrison Jr. Okay. Because we didn't really see him. We just saw him when, you know, some people weren't playing in the Rose Bowl and Marvin Harrison Jr. absolutely crushed oh, some yeah. guys that hadn't played cornerback since seventh grade. Yeah. Right. I, th- I think uh, we, they, they would have been basically us out there. Yeah. So it's, it's 200 receiving, over 200 receiving yeah. yards, four touchdowns. He's very, very good. Um, <laughs> but the question is who's actually going to be, you know, the second and third wide receivers, right? We know we have JSN. Is Marvin Harrison going to be that number two guy, or does Mecca Egbuka come in and you know switch from playing some slot, some outside, right? Yeah. Or or do they see a freshman come in and kind of take some of those snaps? So again, good for Ohio State to have ninety-five star wide receivers, but it's really really unfortunate in the Debbie landscape when you're trying to figure out who's actually going to play. Right. Yeah. So there's you know that that tells me that you know. Probably, you know, we're probably going to have a pretty decent, solid two to three rounds of players potentially for the 24 class. Because, again, not everybody that's in this 23 class is going to come out. It just It's just not going to happen. We're going to – I think the extra year for COVID and all that is going to leave a lasting effect for three to four years probably. A whole four – or a four-year cycle or so. Um, but – so we're we're still got another two years of of that of bigger bigger than normal classes probably I could be wrong or am I way off base here? Um, no, no, you're you're absolutely right. I so here's the other thing that that we have to bring up right is that now we're seeing guys that broke out as FCS guys all of a sudden getting recruited to get to bigger schools. Right. And so that's the thing that we're trying to cope with, too. And Debbie is like, well, how do we wait that first year? Clearly, it's good enough for a P5 school to grab this guy from from an FCS. So obviously that matters. Right. But the question is, like, how much does that matter? Uh, right. so that's something that we're, we're struggling with right now. And so the, the one of the really interesting names, I think, in this 24 class that did that exact exact thing um, is the guy that ended up going to Louisville, mm-hmm. which doesn't like excite anyone. Yeah. Um, let me grab his name. Yeah, I just you know it, it's a it, it is a conundrum kind of trying to figure this out with all these NIL and the transfer the way people can transfer now is we're gonna have to look at things very differently from a fantasy football landscape. The NFL is not gonna doesn't really care from that side. It's us. How do we look at you know? the breakout age and how do we look at the guys that stayed in school a year longer because of the, the NIL and then transferred because of that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's a, and then yeah, the smaller schools losing guys because of it, you know? Yeah. So it looks like it's Tyler Hudson, but it looks like he played in, he's actually in the 23 class. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see because right. All these guys can't go out. Can't. to the draft so for the 23 draft they're not all gonna enter it'll be um, interesting come january when they get their deadline or february whenever it is and starts figuring out who's gonna stay behind and who's well and i stay. It, so. it's worth noting too that like they only the nfl advisor advisor committee or whatever only gives a certain amount of grades out yeah right so if people are entering the nfl draft 
especially kind of these lower guys, um, they probably didn't get the grade that they were thinking. Yeah. Um, so it, it's really interesting because I think I'm trying to pull it up here. So they have one of five categories, right? Mm-hmm. So the first is a potential first round pick, which usually they only give to about 20 players. Mm-hmm. on average the second is a potential second round pick or no excuse me so it's it they shortened it even more this past year so it's a potential first round pick potential second round pick or neither hmm. so, so three spots three categories that, basically. that's all it is so right? you're either a day one guy a day two guy ish day one and a half ish guy yep. or you're nothing yeah basically so those are the three choices so when people hear that, but that's also the other thing that we need to mention, right? Is like when, well, the committee gave him, gave him a to stay in school rating. Why did he get drafted in the third round? Well, they only give out grades for the first and second round. Yeah. So yeah. Makes it sense. makes sense. So he fought, he fell in the right spot then. Yeah. It, it, but um, yeah, I, I do wish that with the NFL, with some of these guys that had come out early, if they didn't, if, if there were some way, like if they didn't go in the top, you know, let's call it the top four rounds or something, they could go back, right? Because it, I think they, they they can make the choice, right? Like especially the, obviously the early guys, that the older guys, they can't do that. But um, I think it would be better for the, the kids as, as a whole themselves get go back for another year and maybe they get drafted in the third round next year or they go in the fourth again, but they got more tape or whatever it is. But just, I think it'd be better, but what do I know? I, I don't run, I don't, I'm not king for a day. Yeah, like I think it would be better, obviously. Um, at least the guys that don't get drafted, let them go back to school, use yeah, their remaining them. eligibility. At least that. Yeah, at least the undrafted guys, right? The fresh, the thir- the juniors that come out and they don't get drafted for some reason, let them go back and have an, another year, and then tr- and then go the next year. Because, yeah, yeah, because they're the likelihood of those guys actually making it and signing a contract is slim to none, pro- you know, overall. But so give right. them a chance to go back, and then maybe the next year they get another chance. But well, that or was at least, I mean, or at least show some improvement, right? They can do right. that too yeah, exactly. in, in college. Yeah, uh, that's I mean, better it, than having them hang out on a practice squad for six, five, six years and never making a yeah. team, right? But, I mean, I guess now we have we have the um, we'll have the XFL and then we have uh, the USFL too. So that places for them to go a little bit. Yep. So that kind of do. So those I'm not against that, those. I haven't watched much of it, but those, those. but so that was a lot of really good information there, Ken. I really appreciate that. That makes gets me some thinking. Hopefully, the listeners are thinking about that 24 class and doing some pivot towards those picks. Um, now that um, we're about the season is about to start, and again the the 23s are really hard to come by. Um, so I was gonna I did a couple of trades this last week since our last kind of run them by you. See what you think here. You know these are obviously they're done, so they're gonna go back on them, but just kind of. What we did so I in a 14 team uh Superflex 1.5 tight end premium start 12. I had a, a I gave up a Stafford in a second 23 second for Jalen Hurts. We were having a conversation about this kind of trade with on a, a chat with uh in Scott Connor's Patreon in a Zoom chat that he did that was very long. So if you guys are interested, join that. And we, I I think Hertz is going to be okay. And I don't mind going for Stafford. I think Hertz can be a, um, he could be a top end quarterback. If he signs an extension this year, I mean, I, I kind of was saying he falls in at like number seven, number eight, 
maybe. I don't think you can get higher than that. Maybe nine, seven, eight, nine kind of deal, depending He's on He's already at like 10 or 11. Yeah, yeah. right? So, yeah. And uh, I get a discount on it. Get, um, buy the, some age back on there, too. So, I don't know. 14-teamer. I probably could have done it straight up, but I wanted to make sure I got the deal done. Yeah, like I don't mind it either way. I would probably prefer to have Stafford um, just because this eliminates a lot of my risk. Right. I, Staff, having Stafford just eliminates – is Hertz going to get the contract? Who knows? But we know that Stafford got an extension. Yeah. Right? We know that he's going to be playing with a good offensive-minded coach. We know that he has good weapons. Yep. Right? We we know all that. So we know probably the next three years. And if that's the hope that most people have for Jalen Hurts, right? Maybe he signs a one or two-year deal to see if he stays in Philly. It's probably not going to be a max t- extension or any a long extension there, right? No. I think we were talking about the same thing. I think if you want to look at kind of where he's going to be at, you kind of have to the the number wise, you're not it's not going to be the same. But go and look what Derek Carr got when he got his first extension because he was a second round quarterback too. Um, they're not the same quarterback, but kind of like that's where they're going to be. If you look at where Derek Carr got his versus what everybody else was getting their their first first round guys at that time, I can kind of see where that he will be at that way too. But and uh, if you, if you're trying to compete, right these. To me, these two guys are so even that this is what I would call whichever side has even a breath of fresh air on it. That's the side yeah. I would take. Yeah. Right, so. And I was willing to go for the risk and change it up. I don't. I didn't have many Hertz shares between all mine, so get something a little bit different. Yeah. Um, so that was that one. And then this the next one is a 12-team start uh, Superflex start, start 11 uh, quarter point PPC and a 1.75 tight end premium. This one, um, this league is an auction league, so I – really uh 2020 this league started during the whole covid deal it's actually called corona uh and um first year my team was atrocious so i sold off and i ended up basically having the whole almost like 60 or 70 percent of the um auction money for the 2021 uh class so i had i got four of the quarterbacks i got i got off i got lawrence fields lance and mac jones in that contract class i got Najee, javante and mitchell wide receivers i have chase waddle and i forget what else and then i've got pits too in there in there so it's kind of pretty stacked so um i got this offer from scott connor this one and i kind of was looking at it you know yeah i lose a year on on uh Najee to pit to uh, jt and the mac is probably better than Pickett, but i mean they're probably actually the same ish kind of deal but mac was my quarterback for so Pickett's going to be my quarterback four, and I upgrade it over JT. So I can, can really try to go for it. I might have even tried to trade like Javante now because it's a start one running back only. So I got to trade Javante and have JT and Mitchell. I should be good to go kind of there. Yeah, so I like Pickett more than Mac Jones. Um, I would take Pickett over Mac Jones in a startup. I would take, I would take any one-for-one one trade where I get picket in this deal. Um, I traded, during the one rookie draft, I traded Mac Jones for Pickett and a second-round pick. Oh, nice. Um, Like, I think Pickett just has a much higher ceiling than Mac Jones does, and it's fine if you want the the quarterback 16 Mm -hmm. for the next, like, six years. Mm -hmm. Like, that's perfectly fine. Um, But... We know what Mac Mac Jones is, and this basically lets you re-roll the dice at at quarterback and hoping to hit higher. 
Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. So I'm a hundred percent on board with getting Pickett and JT. Obviously, JT is going to score more points than Najee this year. Yeah. So and with a point per carry, and it should should be good. Hopefully, I'm pretty competitive there, and I've got quite a bit of auction money for going for the 23 class. So that'd be nice too. Uh, the last one I did just before we got on here, and um, I am not a golf fan. I can't. I mean, I don't like it, like him kind of deal at all. Um, so I've been trying to get rid of the one chair I had. I sent an offer of a golf and a fourth not long ago for Jimmy and a second. That got rejected, and then I got this one today in my inbox. Golf and a fifth, which who cares about a fifth round pick in a uh, twenty-four copy, twenty-four team two uh, two copy uh, for Jimmy and a third. So I that that to me that was a pretty smash accept and just get out of there because I think Jimmy he might not start somewhere this year, but I think next year he will, and I I, I just like Jimmy better. I've kind of been a Jimmy Stan since he's got to San Francisco and everything, but uh, I think he gets a little bit of a bad rap overall. Um, and I'm not a, I'm just not a golf guy. I don't think golf has it at all. Yeah, I'd rather have Jimmy G. Like, because I after this year, golf is realistically gone. Yeah, I mean, um, so do you want the one year of production with golf, or do you want to hope for extra years and get a better pick? Yeah, like so to me, it's yeah, it was pretty I'd simple. Yeah, it's pretty simple for me. So that's kind of I've did a few different startup trades, but that you know startup trades can get you know confusing and, and get a lot of clustering and all that. But yeah, that, I've been having some fun with those. I always like doing that and make, moving around and doing stuff like that. So that's pretty much all I've got for trades. But and that that kind of ends most of us here today. So it comes down to our uh, the coast to coast roast, which I again I think everybody's really enjoying this. And this one, this is something that happened this week. Um, actually happened a couple of days ago. We had a Devi uh, auction that was starting on uh, Sunday, I believe it was. And I had, was commissioned in, in this league, set everything up, posted on Saturday the parameters for the, the auction on what to do and how to do it. Uh, I had done the same thing about a week before, maybe a week and a half. Uh, auction starts. Gentleman comes in and says, hey, what are we doing kind of deal? couple of us answer the questions he's like oh how are we supposed to know this i go well it was posted two days ago and it was posted two weeks ago and gentleman starts to uh threaten several people in the uh in the chat that if he sees them that he's going he better watch out kind of deal so don't be that guy don't threaten people over stuff like this this is ridiculous so he was quickly removed from the league and actually removed from another league of mine and refunded his money and moved along and get him out of out of here because that what he he acted like a child and uh that's not what we're here for we're here to have fun and enjoy each other there you know i i do like i will rag on people and have fun with them if they don't read the rules kind of deal i i am person hey you know as commissioners we take our time to put in bylaws and put in writing so just read them for us that's all we're asking i don't you know if somebody comes to me and says hey i don't understand this i'll answer that question but if they go what are we doing here I get frustrated because I was like, "Hey, I already wrote them down. Go look, go look, go look at them." And then if you don't understand something, then ask the question. But at least read them. So, and don't be a jerk. Just don't be a jerk and be threatening to people. That's just there's just no reason for that. So it's worth noting that I never read rules, right? You're sh- like Shane, then, right? But but here's the thing, right? Is I I own it, right? I know that I'm not reading the rules. I'm not blaming someone else for not understanding, right? Yeah. Like, just like Shane, we're fully aware. We know where the rules are. Mm-hmm. We could go look at them and read them. We're not mm-hmm. going to. Yeah. But most of the time, 
in a league that doesn't that's pretty standard, the, the rules are pretty easy to figure out just from looking at what's going on, right? So, and in this one, it was also pretty easy. If you looked at the auction, we were using kickers as the to for the uh, for the Devi place. So if you just looked at the what the auction looked like, you would have seen what was going on and that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, you know, I, I get it. Some people don't read the rules, but. You know, I know a few of those people that don't read the rules, like Shane, Shane, yourself, and there's a few others. But you guys, like you said, you own it, right? Don't at least own it, right? Don't be just like, oh, where must, how am I supposed to know this? Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's that's my roast for the week. It was uh, made for an eventful uh, Sunday morning of uh, trying to get uh, help my wife get out of town with my daughter for an event, and then dealing with all this and another startup. So yeah. Um, Unfortunately, I'm back on my my uh, six week challenge, so I couldn't go slam a few whiskeys to deal with that. But um, it's okay. We moved on. We've got better people in the league now. It'll be better. I know that in both leagues, two people that took over, I appreciate them very much for doing so. And uh, I know that they dropped a bunch of people on both on both leagues from that team that were just basically dead weight. So. Uh, hopefully things will be better and we don't have to encounter that again. So that pretty much concludes tonight's Coast to Coast uh, Dynasty podcast. Um, again, Kane, I appreciate you for coming on and spending some time with me today. And uh, I was very insightful on the 24 class. Um, really excited about learning more about these running backs. I was really thinking maybe just two, three guys. But to, to know that there's about possibly possibly seven guys that could be there and you know at different points in the draft or even for 25 kind of deal it'll be uh it'll be nice to and watch them throughout the college year i watch a little bit of college football it gets kind of regulated here at my house because sunday and monday and thursday already pretty much consumes it so if i can get a little bit in on saturdays it's a it's a good thing so i'll, I'll try to keep an eye out for some of these guys you know for the next uh, swift and jt and and such so uh again kane i appreciate it yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me on. For the Coast to Coast Dynasty Pod, I am Ruben Almada at SuperflexDGen. Don't forget my co-host, Justin Mercer at C2C Dynasty Merce, and our guest tonight, Kane Fassell at Debbie underscore Kane. Thanks, and have a great one.